Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 19th edition of the 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year, college historian and editor Jeff Rankin will remember the life and career of the late DeBoe Freed. He was Monmouth's ninth president. Classics professor Bob Holshue Simmons will preview this year's Fox Classics lecture. It's set for February 24. And Sports Information Director Dan Nolan will look ahead to what will be a very big weekend on campus for Fighting Scots Athletics. DeBoe Freed died on February 8th at the age of 94. President Freed was Monmouth's ninth president. His presidency spanned from 1974 through 1979. President Freed successfully guided Monmouth through some challenging economic times during his presidency, and college historian and editor Jeff Rankin says that, in many ways, President Freed was a living example of the college. Debo Freed sort of embodied the Monmouth College uh, uh, traditions uh, of, of being a, a small but mighty college. Uh, he came here at a time when the college was was uh, hurting financially, and um, he kind of realized its limitations. Um, but he was determined uh, to work within those bounds and uh, try to turn things around. And, and through really sheer hard work and determination, he, uh, it was a difficult time for the college, but he sort of uh, brought uh, people to a a new uh, understanding of of what the college uh, could be if everybody worked together. A product of West Point and a former member of General William Westmoreland's staff, Jeff says that President Freed brought a lot of the values and management styles he learned in the military to his presidency at Monmouth College. For he was one of these uh, clean desk managers. Uh, nothing uh, stayed on his desk. He delegated everything. But he, when he delegated, he told uh, people, this is how I want you to do something. So they, they were not left saying, well, what does the president want me to do? He, to, he would tell them exactly what he wanted them to do, how to do it. He was such a detailed person. Um, and then he would check back uh, immediately the next day uh, to see uh, if things had gone well, if there were any problems and that sort of thing. So uh, having a clean desk isn't necessarily a sign of somebody who isn't um, a hard worker. It's It can also be the sign of somebody who's really uh, so uh, so well organized and so, so detail-oriented that um, – it's just a sign that they've done their job well. During their time at Monmouth, President Freed and his wife Catherine, who was known as Kitty, were very involved with the community, both on campus and in the area. And Jeff says that paid dividends for the college in numerous ways. 
They were both very uh, religious, uh, religiously oriented people um, who who felt like they had a mission in life, and so uh, they came here. And I think it was lar- largely through Kitty's influence that they really ensconced themselves in the community, got really involved with the church, and then um, started bringing back on board some of our alumni who had been. Uh, maybe fairly strong Presbyterians and had wandered when the college's uh, uh, mission sort of changed during the Vietnam era. And they brought, uh, brought those people back on board and they got them excited about the college again and got them excited to uh, recruit students and recommend students. And, and so that was sort of the start of a, of a new era. Um, I, I definitely, uh, the focus, the admission focus at that time turned toward Illinois, towards the Chicago area, because the entire effort of, of recruiting from the East coast was just becoming a, an impossibility, uh, due to a number of factors. So, uh, being able to do that successfully showed that, uh, that they were, uh, determined that Monmouth was going to become, uh, a, a really great college for local, uh, uh, for Illinois people to come to. It wasn't uh, just uh, a small college in the middle of the cornfields. It was someplace where alumni were really going to uh, go out in the world and make a difference. That's college editor and historian Jeff Rankin looking back on the life and career of DeBeau Freed. He served as Monmouth's ninth president from 1974 through 1979 and he died on February 8th at the age of 94. You can read more about President Freed, which includes memories from one of the faculty members who served under him, on the front page of the Monmouth College website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu. This is the 1853 Podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Imagine the 1992 USA men's Olympic basketball team, better known as the Dream Team. But instead of playing basketball, they're traveling the ancient world on a quest to retrieve the fabled Golden Fleece. In ancient Greek mythology, the Golden Fleece was a symbol of authority and kingship. And in the epic poem Ergonautica, the story is told of Jason, of the famed Jason and the Argonauts, who led a dream team of his time of heroes to retrieve the Golden Fleece. That's the background for this year's Fox Classics Lecture, which will be held on February 24 in the Petit Auditorium in the Center for Science and Business. The lecture will be given at 7.30 in the evening by University of Kentucky Classics Professor Jackie Murray. Her talk will be titled Freedom and Unfreedom of Speech in Apollonius's Ergonautica. Monmouth Classics professor and chair Bob Holshue Simmons says that Professor Murray was an ideal choice to give this year's Fox Classics lecture for a number of reasons. Uh, Dr. Murray is an extraordinarily vibrant speaker, and I've uh, spoken with her and um, colleagues of mine have heard her speak, and she's just full of energy and intelligence. So she's just she's a, a wonderful speaker. She should be delivering a, a scintillating talk. As Bob explains, Jason's expedition group, depicted in Argonautica, was truly a dream team of its time. 
And so these are people that, that are all fairly flattered to be a part of this. I mean, it's this is like a, a dream team of of um, heroes from the generation before the Trojan War in Greece. And so when Jason gets this this task given to him to find the Golden Fleece, people like Heracles, who was otherwise known as, as Hercules in the Roman world, think, yeah, I'd like to take part in this. Wouldn't this be exciting? You know, I, I bet some people would remember this after the fact. And so so people like um, Heracles and um, the, the dad of Achilles, the great uh, Greek warrior in the Trojan War, he takes part in it. Orpheus, the guy who's famous for his great voice and tried to go back to the underworld to bring his wife back up unsuccessfully. So this group of people that really feel like this could be a way that I make a name for myself. All these people, yes, they may have had some... Uh, some issues with one another, but at the same time, they just felt like, wow, I'm, I'm part of this really special group. And we'll, we'll work some things out, but we're part of a really special group that has not been assembled like this before. In her Fox Classics lecture, Professor Murray will deal with this ancient Greek epic, which was written around the third century BCE, specifically who among Jason's group got to call the shots and speak their mind as they traveled around the known world in search of the Golden Fleece. And they encounter all sorts of people that are unfamiliar to them. And a big part of this work, as Dr. Murray is going to be discussing, is how do they make decisions about how to operate? You know, they, they have this group of heroes that are on this ship, and all of them are pretty fond of themselves and you know they all have their own agendas and so figuring out how they make decisions about what to do um, is not a straightforward thing and though they're, they're encouraged to speak freely they clearly feel some restrictions on that and so uh, this is one of the issues that she'll be talking about that I mean how they do work out who gets to speak who does not who feels free to speak who feels restrained and they learn a lot from the people they encounter along the way and make decisions about how they should uh, make their own sort of informal constitution about how to operate as they encounter all these various groups along the way. As Bob points out, the major themes explored in Argonautica make it a very relevant text to study today. Well, the, the issues of, of sp freedom of speech and, and who does not have freedom of speech are uh, perpetually at, at odds, I mean, or at, at, I should say at issue um, in a democratic society. And, you know, we could look in this morning's paper and see issues about that. We could look at three years ago's morning paper and see issues about that. So f figuring out how people who are um, supposed to be peers um, find ways to allow one another to, to speak and, you know, or to choose certain voices over others is something that is perpetually at issue. So there is that, and then also how one makes choices about how one's group should operate when there's perpetual new information from the outside world, new people at one's meeting, and like how does one decide to uh, operate relative to others when these others present different uh, uh, matters, the d different um, uh, approaches and um, uh, concerns than people that one has come across before. Oh, yeah. And w w as Dr. Murray will talk about, at the beginning of this work, Jason, who's the one who put all these people together, says, okay, we should really vote on who should be a leader of this group. 
and and so uh, it, it, there's a group that has Heracles as part of it, and you know, and he was as big a deal in the ancient world as, as he is right now. And so uh, everybody thought Heracles should be it. Jason thought Heracles should be it, but and but everyone, so everyone looked at Heracles, but they didn't want to say it because they felt sheepish about the situation with Jason. And you know, this is not unlike a whole bunch of things like in the, in the the uh the democratic party's um issues right now in deciding who would be candidates that are going to serve us best and you know various people looking to endorse certain candidates versus others um so if figuring out how not just to be a leader but to um to align oneself with the leader without alienating others is certainly uh, an issue in, in this work. That's Monmouth Classics professor and chair Bob Holshue Simmons previewing this year's Fox Classics lecture. It will be held at 7.30 in the evening on February 24 in the Pati Auditorium of the Center for Science and Business. You can read more about it in the news section of the Monmouth College website. And that address, of course, is monmouthcollege.edu slash news. It's an understatement to say that it will be a busy weekend in the Huff Athletic Center. The men's and women's basketball teams play Ripon College in Glenny Gymnasium, and track and field will host a meet on the Niblock Memorial Track. Monmouth College Sports Information Director Dan Nolan is the man behind MonmouthScots.com. That's your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. Dan says that both Monmouth basketball teams hope to return to winning ways on Saturday after being upset on Wednesday night at rival Knox College. For the women's basketball team, that loss dropped them into second place in the Midwest Conference, a game behind Ripon. And here's the great news. We win on Saturday, we pull back into a tie with Ripon, and we hold the tiebreaker because it goes head-to-head, -head, and that means uh, if we win Saturday, we'll have swept Ripon. So really in good shape. We have three games left, Ripon, uh, then at uh, Cornell and at St. Norbert. Uh, so, you know, really, uh, Saturday's the key game. That's the key matchup for us, and then we just have to take care of business the rest of the way. So, you know, all is not lost. Uh, we're we have not clinched a playoff berth yet, but we're awfully close. Uh, and I think uh, by my count, uh, if we just win one of the last three, we've clinched a spot. So that's For the Monmouth men's basketball team, Dan says the future is a little less clear. Uh, the, the men uh, lost to uh, Knox on, on Wednesday night, and uh, so we're still in third place. Uh, so uh, we're still in good shape, three games left. Uh, Rippon comes in. Rippon on Saturday is arguably the, the hottest team in the league right now. Uh, they, they've started their current win streak with a win at St. Norbert, which is the uh, which clinched their spot uh, last night. Uh, so Rippon's coming in uh, on a roll. Uh, so we'll see what we can do uh, against the Red Hawks. If we win that, we really help our chances. Uh, we lose that one, then it gets really dicey down the stretch. So uh, two very important games at Glenny Gym on Saturday. About nine teams are expected to compete in the track and field Fighting Scots Invitational on Saturday morning. 
Throwing events begin at 11, and the rest of the events get underway about an hour later. Uh, but that'll go uh, all afternoon, so uh, basketball doesn't start until 1 o'clock, so you can catch the first couple of hours of track, uh, then uh, watch some basketball, then go back uh, between games and watch a little more track, and then come back and watch the basketball, and then probably go back and, and watch the final few races uh, of the indoor track meet. And uh, track team is uh, building as they have uh, every year, and uh, we're hoping to really uh, at this point to start turning in some great times. We've got this meet and then uh, next Friday uh, down at Illinois College and then after that it's Midwest Conference Championships. Coach Tom Burek's swim teams head to Iowa this weekend for their big meet of the season. Uh, they're at uh, Grinnell for the conference championships. That's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, we've got Preston Bokey returning as a defending champion in the 50-yard freestyle. And then he also won uh, two backstroke events as a freshman two years ago. So pretty high there. And, and uh, Coach Burek always has the guys and gals uh, swimming their best uh, at this time of year. So we're hopeful to get uh, a bunch of top eight finishes. And you know maybe the men can uh, move up. They were third last year. The women were sixth. And and uh, we're thinking with a, a larger, deeper uh, uh, pool, no pun intended, on the women's side, you know, we could move up from sixth into uh, you know, fifth, fourth, maybe third even. So uh, we'll see how it goes this weekend. Although the city of Monmouth received a little more snow this week, Monmouth College's spring sports officially got underway on Tuesday night when the men's lacrosse team opened their 2020 season in big-time fashion. On Tuesday, got a huge win over Augustana, uh, beat them eight to seven, and uh, really great to see Thomas Van Alstein back. He was in uh, a study abroad program last spring, so he missed his junior year. Came back, scored a hat trick for us, uh, scored the only goal for either team in the third quarter uh, to tie it five five, and then uh, his hat trick helped us get the lead. And then uh, we got up by three late in the game, and uh, uh, Augie came back on us, uh, scored a couple, but. Uh, maturity. We've got a bunch of seniors on the squad. Uh, they just uh, buckled down and, and held on for the win. Got a great uh, uh, goalkeeper uh, effort out of a freshman, uh, Tegan Simmons. 19 saves in that one. So really excited about the men's uh, season that's uh, already, uh, already underway. Next up for Monmouth Spring Sports is men's tennis. Next week, uh, they'll be on the road at, uh, at Central, uh, and uh, Brian Jordan's men's uh, team has everybody back from last year's lineup, and uh, we were just on the cusp last year. We have one senior, and then the rest are uh, sophomores and juniors, so we're very experienced, and uh, Coach Jordan's pretty high on, on this team this year. If we can just uh, figure out how to win a few doubles matches, and uh, that might get us over the hump on uh, some team wins. That's Monmouth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. He's the man behind MonmouthScots.com, your official spot on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. To follow all Monmouth Athletics on Twitter, go to MC Fighting Scots. And for all of Monmouth College's social media accounts, check out the bottom of the homepage on the college website, MonmouthCollege.edu. And that's going to be a 30 for this 19th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer with the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. Thank you.